1: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Kassamettidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Kassamettidis and Rita Cosby.
0: This is John Katsimatidis. Well, we're here, and my God, is the world changing? And I, I got to tell you, what happened last night w- w- was really crazy, Rita. And uh, uh, the fact is, all the channels are saying Georgia indicted uh, Donald Trump. It's not Georgia. It's Fulton County. It's like North Carolina— Mayberry, if Andy Griffin, (laughs) if Andy Griffin indicted President Trump and and 18 of his lawyers, it's Mayberry. It wasn't North Carolina. It's a great analogy. People have to realize it's not Georgia. It's Fulton County. And John? And and I tell all the major news channels, I tell Fox, I tell
2: uh, everybody around, it's Fulton County. It's not Georgia and it's also uh the same place john where they leaked the same indictment a few hours earlier before the jury had even deliberated and voted so what does that tell you and by right. the way in Mr. the Colises. studio in, in yeah. the studio we
0: have uh, uh judge richard weinberg and we have craig Eaton, a uh, common sense democrat common sense republican and let's go to kimberly i understand she's on and
2: is Mayberry, North Carolina next? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to Kimberly Guilfoyle, of course, advisor to President Trump. Uh, Kim, this is amazing. You just heard John's analogy. It is a perfect one saying that, listen, what is this, open season? Like any little DA, wherever they want to be in the country, goes after Trump now?
3: Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's a three-ring circus. But let me tell you something. Um, what an embarrassment this is for law and order and for justice in our country, where this uh, politically motivated and also looking out for, you know, personal gain and fundraising off of this. She clearly has big aspirations, trying to make a name for herself, using her office in an inappropriate way. Um, and this is all just election interference because they know they can't you know, beat President Trump. But this ridiculous operation that they have running there puts out on the docket the indictment before the jury has reached its finding and finished deliberating. How insane is that? And 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 how
2: un-American, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Un-American.
4: And how illegal. How illegal that is, Kimberly. How can they put it out before the jury votes on it? It's ridiculous.
3: Yes. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, that's what people are just so outraged about, even today, and with good reason. But you know, you know, my father was facing over seven centuries behind bars. This is how insane this is. It's adding up now to like seven hundred and twelve years, oh, and six months in prison for all ninety-one counts. Like, it's, you can't even make this up. I mean, um, you know, this is the true election interference because they're doing all of this. Not even John Gotti, okay, faced four indictments, you know, at the same time. It's one after the next. This has never even happened, um, you know, in American political or legal history. But, you know, ultimately, I think that all of these and I agree with my friend Alan Dershowitz, that even if there's convictions on any of these, they will be thrown out, you know, on appeal because there is no substances you know facts and evidence to back these charges up and it's just turned into a complete you know kangaroo court uh we might as well be you know venezuela at this point and you know we're just going to jail our political opponents throw them in jail do whatever we can to stop them and um, you know and some of this stuff is like well trump set, tweeted that there was the um you know election the hearing going on being televised in georgia it's like That is something that's part of a criminal enterprise, that's a RICO violation. I mean, you can't even talk about what's on television or what's being covered. You can't even question in a good way to say, wait a second, I just want to make sure that there's you know, signature verification, we would like that on these to make sure that these are legal and lawful. You yeah, know, and, and Kimberly
2: Guilfoyle, the thing is, how is that different, too? You know, I think about so many of the Democrats that have come out and questioned elections. Uh, you know, Hillary, yeah. Yeah. Stacey Abrams, remember, didn't even concede in Georgia. Same state. I mean, the double standards. How
3: is the family holding up and how is the president holding up? No, he's holding up really well. He's actually in remarkably good spirits. Um, you know, he's very strong. He's very resilient, and I think it's just really backfires like reverse kryptonite. He's just even more determined to see this through. He's undaunted by this. He knows it's just a witch hunt, and these are sham indictments. He'll be right about this, like he's been right before, whether it was you know the Mueller investigation and you know, gate and uh, the Ukraine phone call and all the nonsense and that it just takes time to unravel the truth. But I'll tell you something. We'll get to the truth a lot faster when he gets in in 2024. And when he says, if you come for me, I'm coming for you. Good, good, good. Because guess what? There has to be, you know, the restoration of law and order and justice and, you know, the right belief now, in Kimberly, our justice you
0: know, in this we, we, we love you. There's no law in order. We're living by the law of the jungle right now. The, I, I can't believe where the ethics of all the lawyers has gone. Yeah, no, and by the way, and going terrible. after attorneys
2: 18, too. Yeah. Not, yes. not I mean, all not all the lawyers. Some, some violating the lawyers.
3: attorney-client privilege, right. 18 co-defendants, 41 charges there. It's it's unbelievable to me. And they try to do this to anybody that's around well, them. We all have to go in and testify and spend that's so much why, money for January. That's why,
0: this, Kimberly, that's why I came up with the joke, Mayberry, North Carolina. You know, everybody, we, we all know Mayberry. We know Andy Griffith. And it's a joke. I mean, it's, it's not Georgia. It's Fulton County, a small county. So all the major networks should stop using the
5: word Georgia. Yeah, it was particularly troubling to me, Kimberly. It's Richard Weinberg. Is yeah. that they're going uh, after the president's lawyers, so they're making them co-conspirators in a RICO count? Yeah, what lawyer would want to represent? That's right. They're trying to chill the ability of their political opponents to have adequate legal representation, which is a real threat to our country. Kimberly, we're hey,
0: going. Hey. We're going to go right now. We're going to go to Newt Gingrich right now. Who know Nobody
5: knows
2: Georgia better than Newt Gingrich. Let's go. Uh, uh, Rita. Yep. And Kimberly, thank you very much for joining us. We love you, Kimberly. Thank you.
3: All right. All the best. Thank you for your support.
2: Thank you so much. And let's go to Newt Gingrich, of course, who knows Georgia well, former House Speaker. Um, Newt, this is an amazing moment. Your thoughts to this and, and what this means to American justice or lack thereof? Well,
6: I don't know. That's an amazing moment. I think what you have has been building steadily since 2015. Uh, you have uh, Democrats who are prepared to destroy the rule of law and destroy the Constitution if that's what it takes to destroy Donald Trump. Uh, you have one of those Democrats is a uh, <clears throat> district attorney in New York. Another is a district attorney in uh, Fulton County. Fulton County is about a three to one Biden County. Uh, and this particular district attorney has no sense of scruples, uh, no sense of any boundaries. Uh, impaneled an initial grand jury that was absurd, then impaneled a grand jury for criminal purposes. And you could tell how rigged it was because they accidentally released the indictments several hours before they had the grand jury vote.
0: Now, Judge Uh, Weinberg in the office, uh, who's been the judge for 15 years, says they could have done that intentionally, then... forced the grand jury or,
5: or or tried to... How do you say it, uh, they're, trying, they're trying. You know, there's an old expression here in New York, Mr. Speaker, which is a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich. In this case, it's even less than kosher, so it's like a, a kosher ham sandwich. The fact is right. that they leaked it in advance was putting pressure on the grand jury because they were pulling back from putting witnesses in. So the whole sequence well, of events but, is very troubling.
6: But but you have, you have to ask yourself, first of all, why do they suddenly rush past the witnesses they were supposed to bring in this week? That's the reason. What what was the impetus? Second, uh, why do we have a spectacle of waiting around? I was on Hannity for two hours uh, from 9 to 11 last night, waiting for the grand jury results to be hand-typed by a clerk. I mean, the whole thing, the law law is supposed to have a dignity, a majesty, a sense of... uh, you know, power and structure. Uh, this looked like, uh, you know, a group of drunks in a saloon trying to set up a lynch mob. And, and by
2: the uh, way, Newt, yeah. I was on live, uh, when everything was happening here on the radio, uh, and it was unfolding and I was watching you too. And as it was happening, the one thing I was astounded, the judge had a big screen like Judge So-and-so and then DA Fannie <laughs> Willis. It was like a made-for-TV. I mean, it was, it was such, a – so undignified.
6: You could tell how incompetent they were. You don't do a press conference at midnight. I mean, what she should have done was, was roll out the indictments and then uh, this morning, about 10 a.m., have a press conference, which would have gotten total national attention. Uh, but, but but let's be clear. She is a hack politician who has decided she wants to destroy Donald Trump, just as Jack Smith is a hack lawyer who was repudiated by the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously when he set out to destroy Governor Bob McDonald. Uh, And just as you have a hack politician in New York City uh, indicting uh, Trump, I mean, the the number one characteristic of all four of these indictments is that they grossly distort the law. Uh, Rudy Giuliani helped write the RICO statute. So there's a certain grand irony in having him indicted under RICO. Uh, which is the anti-mafia provision.
2: Absolutely. Um, uh, Newt, um, also uh, Craig Eaton has a question for you, Newt Mr. Speaker, okay. I think I have the
4: answer for you as to why they're rushing and why they rushed through this and didn't get to all the witnesses, is that we were starting to make some, some ground on the Hunter and the Joe Biden investigations, and it looked like we were turning the corner on that. America was going to have their say on what the Bidens have done. And this is their response to pushing us to the putting America back to the back page of the newspapers again. And, and it's effectively yeah. gotten rid of any and all talk about the Bidens right now.
6: Yeah. Well, that, that lasts for three days. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's not going to last for three, for a year. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why this whole thing is goofy. I mean, it's like appointing a special counsel on Friday who was an utterly stupid appointment that had already totally screwed up the case. Yeah.
2: With Biden, and you couldn't imagine a worse appointment. So um, they
6: thought they were being
2: clever. New, what can uh, Americans do? What can people do? What can Trump do to get justice?
6: Well, I think I think the only way you're going to get. I mean, let me just start and say I'm. uh, I, I don't think any of this is surprising. I believe you have an astonishingly corrupt establishment. I think that establishment sees itself mortally threatened by Trump, and the establishment believes it's in a war for survival. And they will do they will break any law, violate the Constitution any way they have to to destroy Trump.
0: And they back problem up each other.
6: Yes. Yeah. You know, but the problem I have is that, you know, at least half the country now supports Trump. So so they're, they're trying to take on a guy who probably has uh, among uh, assume they're, say, 250 million adults. He probably has 125 million or more supporters. Uh, now. They're going to find this really hard. And I and I think, and I said this uh, last night on Hannity, and uh, I'm actually thinking about writing a small book about this because I, I think it's so important to put this in context. This is the worst constitutional crisis since the 1850s. Yeah, we and, you all uh, agree. Wow.
0: We all agree. You are 100%. Now, wow. uh, and, and, based and
6: on that, so we have just,
2: we have Alan Gershwitz now on the line if you'd like to stay on, Newt. Yeah, can you sure. stay with us, yeah. Newt?
6: sure i'll stay with you for a few minutes okay
2: great let's bring in if we could professor alan dershowitz great constitutional scholar uh harvard law professor emeritus and also the author of the book get trump boy uh professor dershowitz you and i talked several times last night in the height of this all uh your book is so appropriate given what's happened today your reaction
7: well i predicted all of this and the interesting thing is this is a case being brought accusing Trump basically of lying and the people around him. And it starts by the prosecutor lying. She looks the American public in the eye and she says, I'm going to try these 19 people together. I'm going to do it within six months. No, you won't. There's never been a case like this gets tried within six months. It's going to take over a year to try. Every defendant is going to make motions. Some of them are going to try to sever each other. Some will try to get into federal court. Some can't get into federal court. So why do you start a case about lying by lying? Uh, And the, the indictment is so filled with problems. You know, it's a crime suddenly to urge somebody to violate their oath of office. I've been doing this 60 years. I have never heard of such a crime. Urging somebody to violate their oath of office. Come on. This is just made up stuff for the most part. It's a basic repeat of the D.C. case with a lot more details. but. The government is going to still have to prove, like they do in the DC case, that Donald Trump himself actually knew that the election was fair, and he believed the election was fair, but and he corruptly Alan, intended to change that result. That's we're
0: are we're, we're not. All the major channels are saying we're in Georgia. We're in Fulton County. How do right. we get? How do we get to the Supreme Court where you might get an on? You know, you, you get an honest opinion
7: finally. Well, there's. A couple of ways of doing that. First, you file motions that are appealable if you lose them. I think the motion for Trump, who was the president of the United States when these crimes allegedly occurred, he can make a motion to move the case to federal court. Rudy Giuliani can't. He wasn't the federal official yes. when this happened. So that case could be appealable. And there are other issues in the case that maybe can result in interlocutory appeals and get the case to the Supreme Court. But this case is going to be a mess to try. Every single defendant's state of mind is going to have to be analyzed differently because there's no such thing as America, as guilt by association. So the jury's going to have to find beyond reasonable doubt that every one of the defendants honestly believed knew that the election had been fair and hadn't been stolen. That's just
2: not the case. Professor Dushers, let me ask you, and I'm not an attorney, um, but is this something where he could say, listen, selective persecution, uh, civil rights? I mean, can he say, wait uh, a minute, come on.
7: Talk about selective prosecution. In 2000, I was part of the group that was challenging the Florida election that gave Bush the presidency. We argued. My God, only 570 votes. You surely can find 570 votes. We lobbied. We petitioned. We brought cases to court. We argued about the butterfly ballot, the hanging chads, and everybody praised us for it. I wrote a book called *Supreme Justice*, condemning the Supreme Court. I got wonderful reviews for it. Nobody suggested prosecuting me or Lawrence Tribe, who was writing memos saying, "Let's get alternate uh, electors. Let's challenge under the." Article 2 of the Constitution under Article 1, you know, that was regarded as politics. We lost. The courts ruled against us. But everybody said, fine, you did a great job. We lost. Let's move on. That's what should have happened
5: here.
2: Yeah, this is, um, to me, this is a surreal moment, Professor Dershowitz. Um, and and yeah, the but breadth of it, a, the length of it. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, how can a
0: small county in Georgia do this and get recognition National recognition, international. It's in every newspaper in in the world.
7: It'll be on television. It's going to be the only trial, probably, that will be on television. Maybe New York, but New York is a joke. Of that trial, there's nothing to it. I mean, the joke I was telling uh,
0: uh, the joke I was telling uh, Mr. Dershowitz was was, uh, what's next,
2: Mayberry, North Carolina? I mean, Andy
0: Griffith is going to indict.
2: Yeah, is it open season for other? You know, to John's point, is it open season for other small DAs across the country to say, "Hey, I'm going to find something."
7: And they will, and they will, and Republican DAs around the country will find things to blame democrats for and you know of course you'll get a grand jury to indict the grand jury in this case didn't indict she indicted how do we know that she put it on her website even before the grand jury voted the grand jury was just a a rubber stamp in this case so nobody should take it seriously that the
6: grand
8: jury
7: analyzed the case and voted to convict no they didn't they were told to
8: indict and they
2: yeah, and, and, and it was exactly, you know, I looked, because you and I, I think, were even on the air at the time, Professor Dershowitz, and all of a sudden, I look at it, it mirrored it exactly. Uh, I mean, to me, that that is so disgraceful that it came out ahead of time. She rushed things up, and then, oh, quote, quote, the grand jury's deliberating. It was already a done deal. The fix was of in.
7: Of course, and it always is. Grand jurors are 23 chairs that are moved around by prosecutors And they always do what they want them to do. And you know, it was intended originally that grand juries would protect defendants. Today, they're not used to protect defendants at all. But this is going to be a difficult case to prove. But if it's conducted in Fulton County, there'll probably be a conviction. The conviction may well occur before the election, and then it'll be reversed. The the real solution is.
0: President Trump, at the time he was accused of doing what he, what, what he was doing, find additional votes for me, uh, was was a federal officer. He was president of the United States. He can right. go to federal court, and I think that's the answer.
8: Well,
7: that's an answer. Look, if it's in federal court and it's in the same county of Georgia, you may get the same result. Who
2: well, knows? then you go to Supreme the Court. Eventually you, go, even you get yeah. to the Supreme Court. Yeah, you got to fight it.
7: Eventually you do, but, boy, I can tell you, it's not fun to be convicted of a crime, to be sentenced, mandatory prison sentences. Yeah. And um, who knows? A judge might
8: even deny bail pending appeal. I by,
7: the, by the, the way,
2: uh, Professor, penalty. I got to ask you really quick on that point. One second. It um, is.
0: Can you put Newt back on again? He wants to ask uh, Alan okay. oh, good. We got
2: Yeah, we got New coming in. Uh, we're dialing him back in here. But as we're waiting, real quick, it is mandatory for RICO, right, in Georgia? Right. Is that right?
7: Apparently. Apparently it is. Um, but... Uh, You know, that, too, may be unconstitutional because you can't have mandatory sentences if somebody is being accused based on vicarious liability of what somebody else did under RICO or conspiracy. So there are all kinds of challenges that can be made. This is far from a complete case. I'd love to hear the speaker's question.
2: Is the speaker back on? We're just getting him here. He is. Yep, okay. we got him. Okay. Uh, Newt former uh, House Speaker Newt Gingrich, you have a question for Alan Dershowitz?
6: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just want to make a comment and get you to, to respond. You know, I'm a historian, not a lawyer. But what I'm what I'm struck with is, you now have what is essentially a lawless system. The New York indictment is lawless. Uh, yeah. Jack Smith has a record of being lawless, and and bringing and you know using the 1870. Ku Klux Klan Act as an example of being lawless. The the district attorney in uh, Georgia proves herself to be lawless. And yet all of these really, and you're certainly one of these really smart guys, all these really smart guys who I admire greatly keep coming back and interpreting it as though it's a matter of law. Uh, I mean, these people are going to cheat every way they can. They're going to rig the game every way they can. And everything all of us have learned in the past about the rule of law is essentially, it seems to me, not operative when you're dealing with corrupt thugs. Now, what am what I missing
7: That's why we have a system of checks and balances. Uh, hopefully, the federal court can check the excesses of the state court, bring the case into the federal court. Ultimately, the Supreme Court is the check of last resort. But you're right. Uh, you know these these are people who are abusing the rule of law in order to gain political and partisan advantage. And ultimately, the voters have to be the the final check on these kinds of abuses of powers. But right now, we're witnessing real abuses of power.
6: And my concern, if I'm just for one. Yeah, go ahead, Newt. Well, I got I got concerned, again, as a non-lawyer, because under the rule in Georgia law, if they can convict Trump, on rico he gets an automatic five-year minimum sentence and the governor cannot pardon him And That's right. i mean so this is really dangerous and yet the american people have to find some way to defend themselves against a system that has grown this corrupt so i'd really like to get alan to i mean to, to think at a grander scale of we're in the we're in the middle of a historic not a political problem and i think it has a genuine potential to become a crisis
7: I agree with you. I think we are on the verge of a political crisis. You know, on my uh, podcast, I award bananas whenever something like this occurs. I was up to three bananas on a scale of 10 toward a banana republic. It's now being raised today to four bananas, and uh, we may get to five pretty quickly. Uh, We're in real trouble. You know, we're not Ecuador where they kill the candidate running against the uh, president, but we're trying to imprison the candidate running Against the president, and if you 're going to do that you better have a slam dunk case that everybody agrees to the way it happened with Richard Nixon Republicans agreed that Richard Nixon had violated the law today independents even Democrats like me don't agree there is no consensus here because these are creative today in the New York Times my former uh, one of my former students uh, had a piece of, wow this this, this indictment is so creative, so original. That's not what indictments are supposed to be, especially against the presidential candidate. They're supposed to be conventional, by the book, no choice like the Richard Nixon case. This doesn't meet that standard.
0: Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, uh, Newt Gingrich, former speaker. Thank you, Alan Dershowitz, uh, Harvard uh, uh, constitutional lawyer, and uh, the American people, you you they deserve to know. Thank you for letting us know. Yeah, really fascinating. What a great discussion, John. Yes. Wow. Let's take that break, and when we come back, we'll see who we have. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did
1: not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Our next guest is one of the great political strategists out there. He is president of Scheinkoff Communications and has worked with such clients as Bill Clinton, uh, Mike Bloomberg, and so many more. And joining us is the great strategist, Hank Scheinkoff. Hank, uh, a, a great Democratic strategist. He is, and, and, and by the I way, and a hear, great guy. I want to hear from Hank. You must have been listening
0: between Alan Dershowitz and Speaker Newt Gingrich. Where the heck are we? I mean, this isn't this – shouldn't we be ashamed of ourselves? We're getting ourselves into this situation.
9: Well, the whole country is going through a cataclysmic event. The question is, you know, does it square itself out? I'm not sure it does. The country is riven politically. The parties don't stand for very much either one. They're now about the, what I call the uh, political industrial complex, of people making sure they remain employed and on the public payroll and engaged in campaigns rather than doing any good for anybody. So how this works out is not clear at all.
2: Haven't we crossed the line, Hank, too? I mean, this to me... There's something that just in my gut, it, it's so unseemly. It's like the politicization of the justice system on on steroids. Well,
9: look, I, I'm not going to comment on that particular case in Georgia because I'm not a lawyer and I don't know enough. What I do know is that Donald Trump is uh, likely to be where the race to be held today. The election of Donald Trump still with all these problems like would likely to be would likely be elected again. President of the United States against Joe Biden. What? Because people who support Trump do it with great intensity. People who are with Biden don't have the same intensity. And there's a sense that Donald Trump is now a victim of a system that doesn't work, which is not good news for Democrats.
2: I I just want to have you repeat that. That's a bombshell, Hank. You believe that that Trump would be elected today?
9: Oh, yeah, I do. I believe that he would beat Biden. I do.
2: Now, now, if 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 that didn't happen, if
0: President Biden decided to uh, uh not run uh you you were on the other day with a friend of mine and you were talking about Robert Kennedy does he have the yeah. credibility to get the democratic nomination
9: that's that's not clear yet i mean he is uh, he certainly is uh, probably well, let me reframe it this way he is likely where there be a vote today to have about 25% or a little bit more i would guess of the democratic party primary electorate vote um, but he 's got to prove himself, and he keeps getting himself into these um, these problems of what he intends to say and what actually gets quoted, which tells me that he 's going to learn how to speak in a sound bite but he 's an alternative and if you look at the Democratic Party uh, polling data or d- data on Democratic party voters, what we see is a an electorate that is dissatisfied with its choices doesn 't feel entirely comfortable, has no has limited use for the vice president uh, Kamala Harris, and is very concerned about Joe Biden.
4: Simple. Hank, this is Craig Eaton. I'm a big fan of yours for many, many years. When we worked together, um, I have a question. So, if not, if not um, Robert F. Kennedy, and if not Biden, I heard the other day someone was saying Michelle Obama and, and Newsom. I mean,
9: is that and is that Newsom some, is that, in worse shape in the know, United States? Is that is that
4: an option, or is there anyone else out there in the wings that you heard of?
9: Look, there are ter- there are some very highly qualified Democrats. The issue is, can they get past the, uh, the, the primary voters in those states? And primary, primary elections in a presidential campaign are entirely different than uh, any other kind of election. I mean, I mean, that Iowa would have such significance is pretty astounding when you think about the overall population statistics. In order for Kennedy be, to be successful at all, he's got to be competitive and do well or win in four states, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina and uh, Nevada. Um, you know, can he do it? That's the question he faces. Does he know how to do it is the other question. Is he is he set up? Is he organized in a way to do it? Um, if you had if Trump were to fall apart tomorrow and disappear, would DeSantis win the nomination? There'd be little choice, probably. Could he win the election? The answer is yes. Yes, he could.
2: Wow. Wow, very interesting. Well, Hank, uh, great to have you on here. And we always love your perspective, Hank. Thank you. We like your opinion
0: more and more. So stay tuned uh, with WABC with us
9: my pleasure thank you john thank all the you. best rita you as well great to be you. well
2: thank you hank so let's, much Nate. let's take let's take a break and we're going to come back we're going to be talking about migrants uh, we, with uh, the commissioner this is of emergency I mean, services you know wow new topic. yorkers
0: <laughs> new yorkers are very much concerned let's see what uh, mr iskell has to say let's take that break first
1: You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Katz & Cosby. Everybody concerned, of course, about the migrant situation in New York City. And joining us now is the Commissioner of Emergency Management, Zach Iskell. Zach, really great to have you back on here. Give us sort of the update, the status update of where things stand in New York and what locations you're looking at, the costs. There's so much on your table.
10: Yeah, uh, Rita uh, Katsumatiti, sir, it's it's great to be on with you guys. And, and thank you for having me back to talk about this critically important issue that is facing New York City. So we continue to get about three to five hundred people a day, um, you know, two to three thousand people a week. Um, we continue to open up sites. And most importantly, we continue to ask our state partners and more importantly, the federal government for support. And that is critically important. You know, I think we talked about this last time I was on. But every time you've got an emergency as an emergency manager, uh, you know, this is written into federal law with things like the Stafford Act. Um, You are supposed to be able to turn around once you've expended your local resources. You see this happening in Hawaii now with the tragedy that's going on in Maui. You see this in Maui uh, is uh, a disaster.
0: They have not released FEMA FEMA has not released the uh, the uh, military to help.
10: Well, and this is this is the way it is. It is maybe it's not working, but it's supposed to be working. And so, as emergency managers, we are supposed to be able to, by you know, federal law, turn around and look for help from the state and the federal government. And so, the mayor has been very clear: uh, the city cannot shoulder this burden alone. Um, you know, and, and I think we talked about the well, you know,
0: president's representative come, uh, uh, Commissioner Iskell, to New York and, and say, don't bother us. We're not going to give you any money until after November, next November's election.
10: They, they did not say that to us. But I, I took around um, some uh, what they call a tiger team from Department of Homeland Security, and uh, we toured some of our sites. Uh, they, you know, are now looking at, you know, potential uh, sites in and around the city that they could help us with, because we've really been restricted to using city-owned sites at this point, uh, except for three state-owned sites. Everything else, uh, and we have over two, we have about 200 emergency shelters. Those are all city-owned properties or places that we're leasing. So we met with them last week. Uh, They said they're going to go report back to their leadership in Washington, and and we will see what what they are going to come back with in terms of ways they think they can be supportive. Um, But the mayor has been very clear about, you know, what our asks are of the federal government.
0: Question, uh, uh, Commissioner. Um, Last time we were on, we talked about Rikers Island. You have room for 20 or 30,000 people there. Why do we want to inconvenience New York City residents when we can just put the migrants
6: over there?
10: So every time we look at a different space, there's a, a host of things that we need to solve for and look for. Uh, rikers island we are looking at it but it is complicated um there are security concerns there are transportation concerns um there's concerns about intermixing with the population there about putting too much on department of corrections about the infrastructure there so it is something well, that we, we can are send the national
0: at. we can have the state send the national guard to help the department of
7: corrections
10: Um, We have made very clear what our asks are of the state and the federal government, as I've said. And and unfortunately, when we've gotten a little bit more help from the state, I want to be fair there.
0: 200 million.
10: You know, the city has been really alone in this. And as you know, we spoke about this last time. This is, you know, when you look at mass forced migration, it's happening all over the world right now. But this is not the first time the country has dealt with mass migration. We dealt with it after World War II. We dealt with it with Vietnamese in the seventies, with Cubans in the seventies and early eighties, with Haitians, with Soviet Jews. Every other time, this was a federally led effort. Now, this is being left. to you No, know, we understand it, Commissioner. Like hey,
0: commissioner, if I were mayor, and I'm not, and I don't plan to ever be, but if I were mayor, I would say put them on Rikers Island. That's not inconvenience, the New Yorkers. The, let's not make New Yorkers who pay our taxes. Feel inconvenienced and feel threatened, and, and have them move away. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Mister uh, Eaton, Craig
4: Eaton, want to say something, Commissioner? So you you had mentioned security and intermixing, and and those were the two issues with Rikers Island. But those are issues that we face in all our communities. So we're going to put we're going to put migrant shelters in all of the different communities in Brooklyn yeah, and Staten
10: right. Island. What, what, I'm, what I'm talking about with 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 that is intermixing with the population of. Prisoners on Rikers Island, not the security concerns for the prisoners of no, having no, 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 no. Not no those, are, are there, those
4: are separate. Those are separate issues. I'm not, talking about you. Do, I do yeah. not want to intermix yeah. with prisoners. No, no, what I'm saying is, you said security was one issue, general security, and then the other was intermixing. But we're intermixing these migrants with school children by putting them in schools.
6: I mean, it's got to be not a better them plan. In
10: so that's that's not true we've put them in we've we've opened centers in right now two closed parochial schools that have been shut for a few years. We put them in one school gym for a period of about forty eight hours and that gym was not used by the school and it was not attached to the school um, and that was only for forty eight hours until we could open up another site and that is the extent of what we've done with schools so there has been a lot of fake news around this, right? There was the big story about us displacing homeless veterans in upstate New York as a veteran. I found that story very op- offensive. It was not true. There are stories uh, like this about us moving people into schools. That is not true.
6: Staten Island? Um, or was There was a story on Staten Island
10: that we're,
0: we're, we're moving uh, old-age people out of an old-age home to put migrants in. Was that true or not true?
10: That is not true. Um, We have opened up uh, Creedmoor facility, which is open today. Um, And that is for, you know, about uh, over a thousand people. Um, We're opening up. We've had over 200 facilities around the city. And look, you know, the primary concern in all of these places is the health and safety of the local community and the population that we're caring for. Um, And that is a very difficult balance. We work very closely with the NYPD to ensure uh, the safety and security of the community where we're putting people. We have now taken uh, put taken care of over a hundred thousand people. To put that in perspective, that's more people than you can fit in MetLife Stadium. You know, we have yeah. about twenty thousand wow. kids. That's more than you put in MSG in a sold out Knicks game. Uh, the number yes. of people in our care is more than you could fit in Yankee Stadium. And so the fact is, is this has fallen on the shoulders of the city. That it's not, not fair.
0: fair to New York City, and it's not fair to New York City. It's not fair to the, the mayor and his staff, and it's not fair uh, to all the citizens of New yeah, York Yeah, to the residents. Uh, no argument here. I, Commissioner, I am
10: very proud of what this city has done over the last year. But, Commissioner, we'll
0: you know. call you at the end of the week for an update because people are very much concerned. But thank you for bringing us up to date on your behalf. We have somebody from the MTA on <laughs> now on congestion pricing. The next problem. Uh, new york city Great. residents have well thank always you. happy
10: to be on and, and thanks for having me back thank, thank you commissioner.
4: commissioner thank you uh craig would you like to bring him back yeah. next we have a good friend of mine a brooklynite like myself who is a 30-year uh, new york city subway subway track worker he was the president of the twu local 100 from 2010 to 2017 and currently from 2017 to the present is the international president. Of the Transport Workers mm-hmm. Union, John Samuels, and John, welcome to the show.
8: Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And I, you know, I just feel the need to immediately correct that. I'm certainly not from the MTA. The MTA uh, is not my friend, and uh, and I don't belong to them. I'm a uh, I'm with the Transport Workers Union.
4: <laughs> yep, no, we know you work hard every day, every single day. You did it when you were the president of the TWU. Now you're doing it as the international president. John, so,
0: John Samuels, I I wanted to say, John and TDS here uh in the mta you're on the board and you, you, you the what we're concerned about what we're concerned about uh we, we don't care about i don't care about taxes what we're concerned about is New York has one nail in the coffin right now the stores are empty new one nail in the coffin shouldn't we wait a little bit until New York makes a recovery? Before we do congestion pricing and put a second nail in the coffin,
8: sorry, sorry, so that's an interesting question to start off with because it, these determinations were made many years ago uh, with, through the New York State Legislature, about five years ago, in fact, or six years ago, and um, you know whether whether or not one should wait or not is uh, you know that I, I'm not sure that that's and that predicated upon what's going on in New York. I'm, uh, we could have waited. It, it, it's not a question of we even. The, the, the government could have waited, um, the, but the but right now there's a congestion issue, and somebody's got to figure out how to deal with the congestion issue. Uh, going back to, to 2016, the bus speeds were going two three miles an hour in Manhattan. That led to a migration out of the buses. Just as an example, it led to a migration out of the buses, a migra- uh, out of the buses into the subway. The subway. Became overloaded and it, and it was brought right to the edge of a cliff. The system didn't have enough money into me coming in to maintain a state of good repair and a state of reliability in the system. And a, a big chunk of that began with the amount of congestion in the city. So, you know, I, whether it's congestion pricing or whether it's some kind of other structural change, the, the idea that, that, uh, that it, that the idea that it's good policy to push people onto public transit, um, and push them out of their vehicles and try to, try to green up the city and try to decongest the city, it, it, it's not bad policy. The, the question of timing is a completely different question.
4: John, this is Craig. You know, one of the concerns I have is that um, I don't think it's it's really fair to say that congestion pricing, that as they're proposing, is going to push people into the subways. Because, you know what, I'm just going to drive in. I'm going to drive in. I'm going to pay whatever it is. And I think... You know, right now with the city the way it is, we have all these empty office buildings. It's just giving people more of an excuse not to come into the city, the the people that used to drive in. So, I mean, there's got to be some middle ground where it can help the city and reduce congestions, but not impose a burden on the state of New Jersey and Staten Island and and the residents uptown where people are going to be parking in front of their homes.
8: Well, just put New Jersey aside for a second. Yeah, listen, I, I didn't come on here to be some sort of massive defender of the existing congestion pricing scheme that's going on. That's that's not that's not my thing. There were plenty of peop, plenty of people out there to defend this. The decisions of, of how to implement and the way that they're implementing are, are not mine. They're not the workers. They're not. They're certainly not the union's decisions. And but, John, you know, I know one you of love. The, one of the,
0: I know you love New York like I love New York and Craig loves New York. We all love New York. It shouldn't be about money. What are they going to do glom another 500 million 600 million 700 million and kill
8: okay. New York so, so just setting that aside for a second that the, the, the issue you just raised and the, and the one previous to that there, there was a, a moment in time here to do it's been coming for quite some time it's been coming since 2016 or 2017 there, there's a, a moment in time to really create this this incentive to get onto public transit. Uh, to incentivize public transit, and and, and the, the disincentive is the congestion pricing fee, but there's there's, there's no kind of uh, reciprocal other side of the coin, great incentive going on here, and I think it's one of the big problems that's occurring. There's no, like Craig just talked about getting into his car and driving into the city anyway and just paying the fee, but but there, there, this should have been accompanied by an incredibly robust investment in, in express bus service, perhaps the doubling of express bus service, a massive increase in train and bus service and feeders to subway stations. There should have been this incredible incentive so that when folks, if they did make a choice, and hopefully they will to get out of their cars, they would have walked into a subway and bus system that is just so robust and so different that they said, wow, you know, this isn't so bad. But none of that's happening. And that's I think that that is a a big, big problem with this current plan.
4: And also, also John, the other thing, too, we need to make the subway safer because people are afraid of, of taking the subway right now. So, I mean, I think that was a great point you just made. They should have some robust plan. And you know what? We're hoping that the city changes their mind. I had dinner,
0: Craig. I yep. had dinner with the governor yep. uh, Saturday night. It was a small party, just 12 people, 14 people. And I, I said that too. I mean, the fact is, I said, make sure the people, she says, oh, we're a lot safer. She said, the people, I said to her, the people around you, make sure they're not not lying to you.
8: So the question of the safety in the subway it's 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 kind of it's kind of not what the data says it's kind of what the folks riding the subway say you know and, and what a, they a, feel. a lot of
6: the
8: a lot of the transit discussion goes on by the policy wonks and kind of the hipsters in downtown brooklyn or on the upper west side that uh, that are not ordinary they're not ordinary new yorkers they're not out of borough folks that are, folks that are doing blue collar work they're not the folks that are grinding it out every single day and uh you, you, if anybody wants to have an idea of what is of what normal people think about the subway. That's who you have to talk to. You have to talk about the out-of-borough families whose kids are taking the system to school, wow. whose uh, wives and husbands are, are grinding it out, taking the system every day. And certainly anybody who denies that there's an element of fear among working people taking the system every day just doesn't talk to working people.
4: Well, You, you know what, John? Um, we have to go to the next guest, but I just want to thank you. I know you've been working the system for 30 years. I want to thank you for all that you do Day and night, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, for all these hardworking transit workers union in the city and around the state. The you do a great John job, John
0: Samuelson, John Casementides. I want to thank you too. It's not your fault, but we have to <laughs> we have to make yeah. common sense decisions.
8: Listen, the idea of, of 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 reducing congestion in Manhattan is an excellent idea. It's just got to be rolled out the right way.
0: Yeah, and let's wait till we make a recovery first. Please, yeah. uh, please bring that up with the powers that be with, 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 that you talk to.
4: John, send my best to everyone. Thank you so much for coming on this evening.
0: Thank you, John. Bye-bye.
2: Thanks. Thank you. Wow. And, now,
0: okay. let's go to Rudy Giuliani's waiting on the line to tell us what the heck is going on down in, in – With is all it? the Georgia – K- Mayberry. In, 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 May,
2: in Mayberry. <laughs> in Mayberry. Or is it – oh, no, it's Fulton County, Fulton not County. Mayberry. By the way, John, also some breaking news because Mark Meadows was one of the people uh, who was also in this latest indictment in Mayberry – uh, and Mark Meadows, who's the former chief of staff for President Trump, just filed to seek to move the Mayberry Fulton County, Georgia. No, he can do that. He was a federal case. officer at the time. Yes.
0: Too, wasn't and he? he
2: is pushing it to move it to federal court. Yes. Uh, just came out just now. Rudy Giuliani. R- Rudy uh, is the only one who wasn't a federal officer. Rudy, you're stuck.
11: I uh, agree completely uh, with what Mark is doing. In fact, I recommended it last night.
2: Well, he uh, took your advice, Fanny.
11: Fanny. Fanny Willis. Uh, I think you know is a politician, not a lawyer. She had a hard time even getting an indictment. I mean, she got it twice, actually. The first thing filed is, a, is an official indictment. By the way, it has a uh, a court number on it, a case number on it, a judge assigned to it, a courtroom. It was filed at noon. wasn't voted by the grand jury, and the grand jury didn't vote until eight. That should require an immediate dismissal of it as improperly voted. It also should involve an investigation of who leaked
2: it so they can put him in jail. And she didn't uh, seem to care, Rudy. She was asked about it last night and she was like, oh, I don't know. You know, like she didn't she care.
11: No, She should She should resign if she doesn't know. She doesn't know the rules of the court. It would seem to me she should resign. Second, I don't think she realized that it's almost automatically removable. I mean, she's going to have it for about two days. It's automatically removable under 28 U.S.C. 1442A, which I didn't mention until after she filed the indictment because I didn't want to alert her because I figure she's not much of a lawyer. And Mark was the first to take advantage of it. But uh, all of us can benefit by that, as well as the president. The, The basis of the statute is that all of this happened while he was president of the United States. Therefore, the rulings and the decisions and whatever comes out of this are going to set rules for the president. Well, that shouldn't be set by the states. It should be set by the federal government. So Congress has provided that when you bring a lawsuit like this, civil or criminal, it can be removed to the federal court. Not only that, they say it has to be construed liberally and broadly, meaning basically you have to do it. And finally, if it's denied, we can appeal it which, as the judge knows, uh, means we get interlocutory appeal on this. So her idea of a trial in six months is equally as incompetent as the indictment she brought.
5: Mr. Mayor, it's Richard Weinberg. So if, uh, if Mark Meadows is successful, President Trump is successful getting removal, does that take all the uh, 19 defendants up with them, or is it bifurcated?
11: Well, that's interesting, uh, it's going to take me. Because, by the way, uh, by the way, can media... you
2: explain what bifurcated means separate, to our listeners? Sep- so Separated
11: means, yes. You have separate trials for the different defendants because uh, there might be prejudice to one defendant or another if they're all tried together. Uh, oh, well, that definitely is going to have to be decided. M- my guess is that every single defendant will want to be in the federal court, given the way she's acted for the last two years. I mean, it's quite obvious this is a political indictment. This may—I mean—they're all obviously political. But she's had this for two years. She could have brought it a year ago. It's a ridiculous indictment because it belongs in federal court, and she got her publicity yesterday. I hope she kept home movies of it because she can watch it when she, <laughs> you know, when she when they when yeah. they write her uh, history as a lawyer, which is basically no contribution to the law, and. Uh, I mean, this is, and she made a jerk out of herself. She doesn't know the rules of her own court, and she made a serious error. I mean, if that were a Republican who made that error, they'd be going crazy
6: now.
2: You know, Rudy. What, Rudy? Everybody, we're talking to Rudy Giuliani here on Cats and Cosby. Rudy, what do you want to say to people listening about uh, the justice system in America? I mean, it, 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 on the face of it, the the fact the indictment was leaked. Uh, all the issues we're talking about here, people are going like John was saying. It looks like we're uh, Mayberry. Mayberry. It's like it Andy op- it, Griffith. It opens the floodgate for Andy some Griffin, tiny man, little uh, Andy, county to hey, go John, after the president. I think, I
11: yes, take Andy over over these clowns any day. Absolutely,
5: but
2: it's it, it, no a fair, but, man. Uh, he, these you, people
5: aren't fair.
11: Rudy, I'm being when, indicted because I'm a lawyer.
5: Rudy, it's exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean they they're should trying be. to show defense floors.
0: now. Now you. They're trying to scare every lawyer from representing exactly right. uh, Donald Trump. Now, also, uh, when when you talk to the news cameras, tell them it's not Georgia. They keep saying Georgia.
11: It's Fulton County. It's Mayberry. Yeah, it's Fulton County, which is uh, you know Atlanta is one of the most corrupt cities in the country. Well, you know the- your your
2: point, Rudy, about about that they are trying to chill. Um, attorneys. I mean, that is a frightening thing, Judge Weinberg. That's a scary place to That's be in this I'm country. That's what I'm afraid of.
11: Eastman, me, uh Jenna Ellis, uh Chesborough. I mean, basically, the main uh, uh co-defendants are lawyers who are acting as people. lawyers.
4: It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace, Rudy.
0: Rudy Some Giuliani, you're still America's. Know. Rudy Giuliani, you're still America's mayor, and. Hopefully, the truth will prevail. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Thank I have you, Rudy. No about it.
11: Thank you, guys. Thank we you love, you,
0: we love you, Rudy. And whatever you all stand for—truth, truth, justice, and the American, American way—the way. truth must prevail. Otherwise, we're going to be Venezuela.
9: AuthorityGoldGuide.com